This is Dan's Mega 65 Digest for February 2024. Sprite Attack. Spaceships, aliens, Marios, Goombas, bullets, fireballs, mouse pointers, text cursors. Any of these could be a sprite, a feature of a computer graphic system dedicated to things that move. The sprite capabilities of the Commodore 64's VIC-2 chip supercharged video games and user interfaces beyond a single screen full of character text or bitmap image. The Mega 65 includes support for VIC-2 hardware sprites and has sprite-related basic commands that make them easy to use in your programs. In this digest, we'll review the VIC-2 sprite system's capabilities, try out the sprite features added to Commodore BASIC for the Commodore 128, Commodore 65, and Mega 65, and step through a development workflow for using sprites in BASIC games. And we'll try putting these pieces together to make a simple arcade game. But first, the User's Guide 2nd Edition, now available. You can now buy a spiral-bound copy of the Mega 65 User's Guide 2nd Edition. This new edition has been updated substantially from the first edition printing from two years ago. It covers the upcoming version 0.96 release, with instructions for new features like Ethernet file transfer, and revised information on important topics like upgrading the firmware and using disks. The basic reference has been updated with corrections, polish, and material on new features. And there are handy new appendices on screen codes and system colors. Whether you have the first edition and want to upgrade, or don't yet have a Mega 65 and just want a useful book to go with Xemu, getting the second edition in print is a great way to enhance your Mega 65 experience. I wrote an FAQ with more information, including what's happening with the manuals bundled with new Mega 65s. Let me know if you have any questions. Release Testing Update The version 0.96 release package has been in public testing for a month, and we've been chasing down issues and polishing it up for factory installation on all of the new Mega 65s. This process should be complete a week or so after you listen to this. Many thanks to everyone who has contributed to the testing effort. What happens next? The version 0.96 release package will be made official and sent to Trends for the factory installation on new machines. It will be declared the new stable release for R3A and R6 mainboards and made available on Filehost. Everyone with the retail Mega 65 will be encouraged to upgrade. DevKit and Nexus board owners will need to wait just a bit. In order to meet the assembly schedule, we have had to defer preparing new cores for these boards until after this release. The plan is to immediately start work on these deferred tasks and issue a version 0.97 update within a couple of months that includes support for these boards. You're always welcome to help test along the way, just be aware of known issues with slot 0 flashing on the older boards. Upgrade party at Leiden's place! New Intro Discs Gertje has put a ton of work into preparing the new software bundle for the SD card that will ship with the new Megas. Current owners are familiar with the intro disk menu that starts when you first switch on the computer, as well as other bonus goodies that come on the pre-installed memory card. 
The new bundle includes all of that and much more, a total of 191 menu entries. And that's not even counting the disc menus themselves, with useful information and musical accompaniment. This compilation starts all new Mega 65 owners off with plenty to do on their first day. Huge thanks to Gertje for his meticulous work on this project, and of course to everyone who has written software for the Mega 65. You can download the new software bundle on Filehost, there's a separate download for registered owners, with a more complete version of Geos. If you don't yet have a Mega 65, you can try it out in Xemu, or save it as a surprise for when your Mega 65 arrives. New on Filehost. Don't miss these new titles on Filehost. Rocket Delivery Service by Frederick R. A new game for one or two players. Navigate your Rocket Man to pick up and deliver packages for cash. Each player can use a joystick, or player one can use the keyboard while player two uses a joystick. Written entirely in BASIC. M. Jurgen and Psy2002 are updating their vintage platform cores for use on the new R6 mainboard. The Z6 Spectrum Core version 1.2 is now available, and there is a beta test version of the C64 Core version 5.1 to be released soon. The C64 Core update also includes a few fixes for all mainboards and support for using the Mega 65's real-time clock with the Commodore 64 version of Geos. Muse has yet another arcade core, and he keeps picking my favorites. Elevator Action from 1983, a spy thriller set in a multi-level top-secret facility. Infiltrate the building from the roof, avoid the armed goons, collect the secret files, and escape through the parking garage. As with all other arcade cores, you must locate the arcade ROMs yourself, so be sure to follow the installation instructions. Hold the button to jump. Amiga fans, Gihaf has published an ADF disk image utility that can use the Mega 65's floppy disk drive to make Amiga disks from ADF files and vice versa. This is a beta release of the tool, so take care to back up important data. Exploring Sprites the hardware sprites of the VIC-2 chip should be familiar to anyone who has written a program for the Commodore 64. The Commodore 64 user's guide that came with the machine included a chapter on sprite graphics with a type-in demo. C64 programmers may also remember drawing out pictures on graph paper, hand-coding them into decimal numbers, and typing them into data statements, and messing about with dozens of arcane poke statements. In later computers and later versions of BASIC, Commodore added a BASIC sprite subsystem with access to most of the VIC-2 sprite features, driven by a new set of commands. No poking necessary. From here on, when I say sprites, I'm referring to the built-in sprite features of the VIC-2 chip that have carried forward from the Commodore 64 to the Mega 65. Experienced game programmers would want me to point out that the general term sprite could apply to any kind of movable graphics object, and there are in fact other ways to accomplish sprite-like effects on the Mega 65. We'll have to cover those in later issues of the Digest. The best way to get to know Commodore sprites is to try out the commands. The new version 0.96 release version of the Mega 65 ROM includes predefined sprite images for a mouse pointer and a simple line pattern so you can get started without drawing any graphics. If you're using the previous release, you can still switch on the sprites, you'll just see a blob of pixels that represents uninitialized memory contents. Getting a sprite onto the screen. 
The VIC chip can keep track of up to eight sprites at a time, numbered 0 through 7. Each sprite has a set of modes and flags, including a flag to enable or disable the sprite. You manage these flags with the Sprite command. To turn on Sprite 0, Sprite, space, 0, comma, 1. Nothing appears to happen because the sprite starts located off the screen. Let's move it roughly to the middle of the screen so we can see it. X-coordinate 160, Y-coordinate 120. M-O-V-S-P-R, space, 0, comma, 160, comma, 120. While many of Basic 65 sprite commands originate with Basic 7 and the Commodore 128, there are subtle differences. For example, on the C128, sprites are numbered 1 through 8. I won't describe every difference here, just be aware that they're not exactly the same on both computers. Pixels and Colors In the default sprite mode, sometimes called high resolution mode, each sprite is 24 pixels wide and 21 pixels high using a single sprite assignable color for each on pixel, bit 1, and treating each off pixel, bit 0, as transparent. This is encoded as 3 bytes per row, 8 bits per byte, times 3 bytes equals 24 pixels, for a total of 63 bytes, 21 rows, times 3 bytes per row, per sprite image. You can set the color of a sprite with the sprite command. You can omit any argument you don't want to change by specifying just a comma. The color value refers to the palette entry, in this case the default system palette. To turn sprite 0 red, palette entry 2, sprite, space, 0, comma, comma, 2. On the Mega 65, you can change the system palette using the palette color command. Each palette entry can be any of 4096 possible colors, with a red, green, and blue component each between 0 and 15. This changes the palette entry for all uses of the color on the screen, not just the sprites. To replace the red color at entry 2 with bright green, palette, space, color, space, 2, comma, 12, comma, 15, comma, 4. To restore the default palette, palette, space, restore. Multicolor mode. If you're willing to use a lower sprite resolution of 12 double-wide pixels per row instead of 24 single-wide pixels, you can set a sprite to multicolor mode for two more additional colors. The two new colors must be shared by all sprites that are in multicolor mode. In this mode, sprite pixels are encoded as bit pairs, 00, 0 for transparent, 1, 0 for the sprite color, and 0, 1 and 1, 1 for the two shared colors. Let's try setting Sprite 0 to multicolor mode, using a value of 1 for the seventh argument to Sprite. Sprite, space, 0, comma, 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 1. If you're using a ROM beta version, the default mouse pointer image of Sprite 0 might not look that impressive in multicolor mode. Try enabling Sprite 1 and moving it to the middle of the screen, then put it in multicolor mode. The default image of Sprite 1 is designed to illustrate multicolor mode with a repeating pattern of 00, 01, 10, and 11 bit pairs. If you're using the previous release with ROM 920377 or earlier, you're in luck. The garbage data that's usually there typically has an interesting combination of bit pairs. To set the two shared colors for the multicolor sprites, use the SPR color command with the two palette entry numbers. SPR color space 4, 5. Double Width, Double Height 
Each sprite can be displayed normal size, double width, double height, or both double width and double height. The double modes don't give you more pixels, instead they stretch the existing sprite design in the requested dimension. These modes can be selected per sprite, and are the fifth and sixth arguments to the sprite command, respectively. Try the combinations of 0 and 1 for these arguments. Sprite, space, 0, comma, 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 1, comma, 1. Sprite Priority Each sprite can be set to appear above the character or bitmap layer, or below it. When above, you can see the character or bitmap through the sprite's transparent pixels. Use the cursor keys to move the text cursor to where the sprite is on the screen, then type some characters underneath it. On a blank line, set the fourth argument to sprite to 0 or 1 and see what happens. Sprite, space, 0, comma, 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 1. When sprites overlap each other, lower-numbered sprites are always in front of higher-numbered sprites. This order cannot be changed. Use the sprite command to make sure two sprites are active, then use the movspr command to locate them so that their images overlap. Sprite space 1 comma 1, movspr space 1 comma 160 comma 120. Overlapping sprites is a common way to draw a high-resolution graphics object using more than one color. Just use more than one sprite to represent the object and allow pixels of lower sprites to shine through the transparent pixels of the upper sprites. Location, location, location. A sprite can be located at any pixel location on the screen. A sprite's location is specified as coordinates on the screen, where the sprite's top left corner is placed at that location. Coordinates extend to locations under the screen border, and a sprite that overlaps the border will be obscured. This allows a sprite to glide off the screen smoothly until it disappears. Note that double-width sprites won't fit completely under the left border. To place a sprite exactly in the top left corner of the screen just inside the border, set its coordinates to x equals 24, y equals 50. If a sprite is in its normal display mode with its double width double height features turned off, you can place the sprite's bottom right corner exactly at the bottom right corner of the screen with coordinates x equals 321, y equals 229. The VIC-2 sprite coordinate system is independent of the resolution of the underlying screen mode. The Mega65's default 80-column text screen is actually 640 pixels wide. VIC-2 sprite coordinates refer to the same locations regardless of the Mega65 screen resolution. If you switch to the 40-column text mode, the sprites will remain where they are. Sprite coordinates are the same for both NTSC and PAL video modes. Even though these modes use different dimensions for the full screen, the dimensions inside the border are the same. We've already seen how the movspr command can set a sprite to specific coordinates. This command has several other useful features. To move a sprite to a relative distance from its current location, use a plus sign or minus sign and an offset for the coordinate value, x, then y. movspr space 0, comma, plus 20, comma, minus 10. The movspr command can animate the movement of a sprite at a given speed. This animation happens asynchronously to basic program execution, similar to the play command for music. The animation occurs in the background while the rest of your code continues to run. To move a sprite from one coordinate pair to another, use the to keyword, that's T-O, and provide a speed as a number of pixels per frame. 
Remember that PAL mode refreshes 50 times per second, while NTSC mode refreshes 60 times per second, so the movement speed differs based on video mode. MOV SPR space 0, 100, 100 space TO space 250, 200, 5. Note that the sprite needs to hit the end coordinate almost exactly for the sprite to stop. If the speed is not a multiple of the differences between the starting and ending coordinates, the sprite might overshoot its destination and wrap around the screen until it finally lands where it was told. If there's a chance of this, you may need to resort to a loop that calls the function RSPPOS, which returns the sprite's position, and stops the sprite with another MOVSPR command when it is close enough. A sprite can be set to move continuously with no fixed end coordinate. To do this, provide an angle as a number of degrees, with 0 degrees being up and proceeding clockwise, so 90 is right, 180 is down, and so forth. Follow this with a number sign symbol and the speed. MOVSPR space 0, 135, number sign 1. The sprite will continue to move at this angle and speed until you set its speed to 0 with another MOVSPR command, or until you switch it off with the sprite command. MOVSPR space 0, 0, number sign 0. When a moving sprite leaves the screen, it will continue to move until its position wraps around to the other side of the screen. If you want to test the position of the moving sprite, such as to stop its motion after it is off screen, use the RSPOS function. This takes the sprite number and an argument identifying the parameter to return. 0 for the x position, 1 for the y position, 2 for the speed. See the article for a short program that starts the sprite moving to the right, then stops it either when a key is pressed or the sprite leaves the screen. Collision Detection The VIC chip can report when two sprites have non-transparent pixels on top of each other, or on top of the character or bitmap layer. Your program can use this to detect collisions between sprites, or between a sprite and the background, such as to know when a sprite's bullet hits an alien ship, or when the player's ship crashes into a mountain. Basic 7 on the Commodore 128 introduced an interesting mechanism for handling sprite collisions. To tell Basic that you care about sprite collisions, you use the collision command to indicate the type of collision, one is sprite on sprite, two is sprite on background, followed by a line number of your basic program. At some later point, when the VIC detects the requested collision type, BASIC will stop whatever it is doing and jump to the given line number as if it were a Go subroutine. Your code at this line number should do whatever it needs to do to react to the collision, then use the return command to resume where the program left off. Your handler subroutine is called for any collision of the requested type. Your code will need to use other tests to determine which collision took place. The bump function reports which sprites were involved in a collision since the last call to the bump function. You can also use the RSPPOS function to test individual sprite locations to further determine where the collision took place. See the user's guide for information on these functions. See the article for another short program. Try to guess what this program does, then type it in and run it. The VIX built-in collision detection is not always the most reliable way to detect game events. Depending on the shapes of your sprites and other factors, you may prefer a different method to detect collisions, such as by testing sprite positions relative to a hitbox. To do this, instead of a collision handler, 
you'd make repeated tests of RSP-POS in your game's main loop. Another caveat, there is a known issue with the VIC-4 core where sprite collisions are not detected with bitmap graphics, the basic 65 screen system. Collisions are limited to sprite to sprite and sprite to text for now. Of course, there's quite a bit you can do graphically in text mode using Petsky graphics and custom character sets with the chardef command. Other sprite features. If you grew up with a Commodore 64, these sprite features probably feel quite familiar. The Commodore 128 sprite commands and the Commodore 65 and Mega 65 editions are handy, but the sprites themselves mostly look like they did on a VIC-2. For the VIC-3 video chip on the Commodore 65, Commodore added no new features to sprites. Sprite colors use the VIC-3 system palette, and you can adjust the colors of the system palette to any of the 4096 possible colors. Otherwise, they're basically the same as they've always been. The Mega 65's VIC-4 adds advanced sprite features, such as a full color mode with actual size pixels, four palette banks, a 64 pixel width monochromatic mode, variable pixel height, and high-resolution sprites that use the actual pixel width and coordinate system of a 640-wide, 80-column, display. BASIC 65 does not yet support any of these features with the BASIC sprite commands. You can adjust VIC-4 registers directly with poke statements, but this may interfere with the behavior of the BASIC commands. I'm currently working to extend BASIC 65 with official support for VIC-4 sprite features, so stay tuned for updates. Managing Sprite Image Data Playing with the built-in sprites is fun and all, but for our own programs, we obviously want to draw our own sprite images. Using the Sprite Editor Did you know that the Commodore 128 has a built-in sprite editor? The Commodore 128's sprdef command opens a sprite editor that directly manipulates the basic sprite image data in memory. For whatever reason, Commodore removed sprdef from BASIC-10. The good news is, the Mega 65 has its own sprite editor, SpriteEd, built into the freezer. Hold Restore for one second, then Release to open the freezer, then press S to start the sprite editor. This utility edits sprite image data at the basic sprite locations in memory. A word of warning. SpriteEd is currently unfinished software. Up to platform release version 0.95, SpriteEd crashes the machine if you press the up arrow key. I discovered this while writing this article, and I committed a fix to prevent this that will be in release version 0.96. I recommend upgrading to release version 0.96 before doing any serious work in SpriteEd. SpriteEd is missing a bunch of its intended features, such as the ability to load and save images to disk, even without these features, it is about as useful as the Commodore 128's SPRDEF tool and can edit sprite image data in memory. We'll see how to get sprite image data from memory into your program in the next section. Press the Help key for a list of keyboard controls. Briefly, these are as follows. To select a drawing tool, press the P key for single pixels, the L key for line, the X key for a box, or Shift-X for a filled box. Press Space to draw with the selected tool. Delete uses the tool with the background component, such as to erase a pixel. To erase an entire sprite, press Ctrl-N. To select a component, a color, to draw with, 
the plus and minus keys rotate through the choices. In monochrome mode, this is just the background or transparent and foreground. In VIC2 double width multicolor mode, there are two additional components for the shared sprite colors. To change the color of a currently selected component, 0 through 9 and A through F assigns one of the 16 palette entries to the component. To select other sprites, comma and period rotate through the eight sprites. To change the sprite mode, asterisk rotates through monochrome, VIC2 multicolor, and VIC4 multicolor modes. Remember that BASIC does not yet support VIC4 multicolor mode directly, so this last mode won't be useful until we finish the new features. To see what your sprite looks like when expanded horizontally or vertically, use the H and V keys to toggle these modes. SpriteEd supports drawing with a mouse connected to port 1. I discovered a small bug where the mouse can't draw in the rightmost column, which should be an easy fix in a future version. To exit SpriteEd, press F11 to make sure the current sprite is saved to memory, then press F3 to exit back to the freezer menu. Each sprite image is saved to memory automatically when you flip between sprites, so F11 is only necessary on the current sprite if it was modified. That feels like something else we can improve pretty easily, just know that that's how it works for now. Storing sprite image data on disk. The gorgeous sprite graphics that we created in SpriteEd are now in memory, but they'll disappear forever if we don't get them out of memory and onto disk. Basic 65 makes this easy. Sprite Save File Name saves all eight sprite images to a file on disk. Sprite Load File Name loads them back in. The file name is in double quotes. This provides a poke-free workflow for managing sprites for basic programs. Step 1. Create sprite images in the SpriteEd utility. Press F11, then F3 to exit back to the freezer menu, then F3 again to resume basic. Step 2. Execute the sprite save file name command to save all eight sprite images to a file. Step 3. Then in the program, use the sprite load file name command to load these images. Animating sprite images. For a game like Space Invaders, a ship can be a single sprite image whose only animation is to move around the screen, such as with the movspr command. For a game like Pac-Man, the player sprite should open and close its mouth, which means updating the sprite's image data. We can't exactly load a new Pac-Man from disk each time he opens and closes his mouth, so we need another way to update sprite data within the program. The sprsav command copies sprite data between sprite slots and basic string variables. It takes two arguments, the source and the destination. One or both of these can be a number between 0 and 7 to refer to the sprite image. If the other is a named string variable, the variable is used as either the source or destination. For example, to copy the image data from sprite2 to the string variable c$, sprsav space 2 comma c$. To copy that image to sprite5, sprsav space c$, comma 5. Combined with sprite load, you can use sprsav to load all of your sprite patterns into string variables, then store them back into sprite slots during gameplay as needed. You can also use string variables and sprsav along with disk operations as an alternative to sprite load. For example, you can store more than 8 patterns in a single file. Each pattern is 64 bytes in length. See any good reference on disk commands for more information.
putting it together. Sprite Attack is a simple game I wrote to demonstrate how the sprite features can be used together. See the article for a link to download the disk image. Try it out with a joystick in port 2. It's written entirely in basic, so type list to see the program listing. A few notes. I used Sprite Ed to draw eight multicolor sprites. The player's spaceship, the player missiles, the space alien death ray, four frames of an explosion animation, and the space alien itself. I exited Sprite Ed and the freezer, then used the command sprite save, double quote, S-P-R-A-T-K dot D-A-T, close quote, to save the sprite data to disk. The program starts by loading this file with sprite load. I keep the player's horizontal position, or x-coordinate, in a variable, so I can fine-tune the speed that the player moves. Pixel locations are always integers, but sometimes you want a sprite to move in non-integer increments, such as 1.8 pixels per frame. The variable holds the non-integer location, and this value is rounded to the nearest pixel when I pass it to the movspr command. The game loop tests for joystick movement, adjusts the variable, and updates the player location with movspr. Because the player only moves left and right, I use plus zero as the y-coordinate argument to movspr so that I don't have to remember the ship's vertical position after initializing it. I use the vsync command to synchronize gameplay with the frame rate. This makes it easier to tune movement speeds, and it prevents sprites from tearing by making sure the location doesn't change while the sprite is being drawn. Player missiles use the movement animation system. The rsppos function with a second argument of 2 returns the current speed of a sprite, so I can test whether the missiles are moving. If the button is pressed and the missiles aren't moving, I set their position to just above the player ship and then set them moving in an upward motion. Then I activate the missile's sprite. I also test once per loop if the missiles have gone off the top of the screen, and if so, I stop their motion by setting their speed to zero. The alien also uses movement animation. If the space alien is ever stationary, speed is zero, the program chooses a new random location and calls movspr with the current location as the origin and the random location as the destination. This gives the alien an evasive behavior that still gives the player a chance to target it with missiles. A collision handler detects when the missiles are in contact with the alien. When the alien is hit, the routine moves the explosion sprite to the alien's location, disables the missile sprite, then moves the alien sprite to another random starting point above the screen. It plays out the explosion animation using SPRSAV to copy in the explosion patterns we saved into string variables earlier, pausing between each frame. This causes all gameplay to pause while the explosion finishes. A more sophisticated game would handle explosion animations in the main game loop, so other events like player movement can take place during the animation. This game is a little unfair to the alien. Try extending this program to have the alien shoot back at the player, using its death ray in Sprite 2. Vic Hardware Sprites and the Basic 65 Sprite commands are a fun and easy way to code video game graphics. Combine them with Petsky graphics to draw level maps, backgrounds, and informational displays, and you have all the elements of a great-looking game. Be sure to share your games with other Mega65 owners by uploading them to Filehost. There are some advanced sprite techniques I wanted to mention here, but they'll have to wait for another issue. 
You can help make more issues possible by supporting the Digest on Ko-Fi. Visit ko-fi.com slash d-d-d-a-a-a-n-n-n. As always, happy coding. For more, visit m65digest.substack.com.